Welcome to Album Club 500, the podcast where we review the Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time. Yes. I am, as always, the Great Valerio, but my stage name is Jacob Schatz. And I am, but you could call me 27. Let's hope that picks up real good on that mic. <laughs> for, for those of you playing at home, that was a wham. It was a wham. Today we are reviewing Faith by George Michael and... I want to see the bright lights tonight by Richard and Linda Thompson. Don't know why I said it like that, but <laughs> um, so these albums are pretty damn good. I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get into. It. I have some qualms with both in in little ways. I think generally these were both pretty damn good albums. So here's what these albums have in common. I'm getting it out of the way right now. Oh god damn it! A lot of the albums we review on this show were like, well, they didn't write all these songs like there's a cover or like there's a few covers or some are ghost written on these two albums like george michael and richard thompson wrote all them songs so all them songs one of them on the george michael album is co-written the lyrics are co-written but all the music and all the lyrics are written by george michael and on the other one all the music and all the lyrics are written by richard thompson also fun fact if you put the names this is why i said (laughs) goddamn. I, I I realized that I started this off with God damn it, and then you went into a perfectly bad. I, I said the real one to make you sound like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> this is why. So if you put together the names Richard, Linda, Thompson, George, Michael in sequence like that, uh, it's an anagram of sing, old man. He recharged him. Rap it cool, and that's that's uh. The, what is the, it? Twenty seven. Tell me what it that, is. <laughs> it's it is what it is. And... <laughs> So let's get into <laughs> reviewing an album called Faith. Yes, let's. By George McHale. Faith is the 1987 solo debut of George May. Oh, I got so close to finishing of, that sentence. Of Georgios Kyriakos Panayoto. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's his birth name. Huh. Yep. Did not know that. He He's shortened it to George Michael. Yes. Thankfully. <laughs> for, for, for ease of access for both you and us. Exactly. George but... Michael was better known as one of the duo Wham, uh, who mm-hmm. got pretty popular in the 80s for a couple of really big singles. Last Christmas was one of them, Careless Whisper, and I think George Michael was also on the, uh, it, it's the, I think they called it Band Aid, which was like... Live Aid. One of the charity songs that got popular in the 80s because, like, a lot of people ended up doing those for various functions. Yeah, and I don't don't know how you failed to mention Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I repent. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're good. uh, Yeah. No, that's that's the biggest one. That's also, like, probably my favorite tied with Careless Whisper, so I feel really bad about that. I'll I'll let it slide this time. Thank you. You're very kind. (laughs) (laughs) Faith as an album as a George Michael solo album, has a particular goal in mind. George Michael wanted to show that he wasn't just this teeny bopper kid who wrote these really bouncy pop songs, that he could be adult and mature. And in a way, this does that. Uh, yeah. I, we'll put a little caveat at the beginning here. This album is extremely sexually charged. With yeah. explicit sexual lyrics, like, throughout the whole thing. There are very few songs on this that aren't about sex in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And that's not inherently a bad thing, but in my opinion, 
this album comes off far more explicit than it does mature. And those yeah. are two different things. So if you're uncomfortable with sexual content, probably give this one a skip. A skipsy. Yes. <laughs> yes. However, we will get into it. Yeah. I, I really love this fucking album. And I, I say I fucking album. good. Because it's an album about fucking. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we'll get into it. But instrumentally, I have zero complaints about this. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about the songs where I... I have to raise a finger about the lyrics but, yeah no that yeah. i totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's let's dig into it first up is the title track faith by george michael and like this one is really fun like really oh, yeah. really fun right off the bat it's got this like bouncy ass like junk 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 that kind of guitar going on yeah you know and i guess it would be nice if i could touch your body it's <laughs> it's very <laughs> Very poppy and, and fun. Yeah. Very and, upbeat. Uh, I, I gotta say, the first time that I listened to this, I thought this was fun and I thought it was fine, but I got a little bit worried about George Michael's vocal stylings because mm. he shows off his pipes really well on this album, but there are instances in some of the tracks where I feel that he tries to lean a little too hard in trying to be another Michael Jackson or Freddie Mercury. Like, yeah. you hear his influences a little too hard in some bits. Yeah, I, I do think, especially on, on this song of, of a lot of them, he does go really hard on the Michael Jackson-isms mm-hmm. um, and the kind of Prince-esque grunts sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I think he, he works it and he kind of makes it his own because yeah. I don't think you would hear an instrumental like this coming from MJ. No, um, no. I, he does own all of the tracks here and you can definitely tell that these are all his own compositions. It's just there are, yeah. there are these moments where I'm like, okay, you go back to being George Michael because being George Michael is really, really good vocally. Yeah. Like, there are some tracks that show off his, his specific range and his style that are like perfect. And, yeah. and when he go- tries to be something that he's not, that's where it falters a bit. Which is pretty thematic, I think. Like, this is him trying to figure out who he is, so when he tries to be somebody else, it doesn't work as well. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently this was the, the first album by a white solo artist to hit number one on the R&B charts. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. R&B being typically a black-dominated genre, as it's origin it was never Mm -hmm. (laughs) appropriated as hard as rock and roll was yeah white people (laughs) but yeah i mean good job george michael for doing that yeah like legit like that's really impressive you could definitely hear a lot of the soul and r&b influence on some other songs not so much on this one Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) this is yeah this one's a little bit more like pop rock bouncy sort of stuff but later on we'll we'll get into it and there's a few different styles on here too it's got the pop and the r&b and the some funk even just pretty cool yeah and there's some tracks that are really really heavy on the synth but faith the title track is not one of those at all like this is way stripped down to start off which was a a pretty interesting opener like this doesn't gel with most of the other tracks on the album and that's bold yeah i mean i think it works too yep so the next track is called father figure and like musically this song is really really good i thought yeah oh god yeah like the melodies are are really kind of soulful and you know there's some great harmonies in the chorus and it's just like kind of a really iconic melody that's good to sing along with and also there's like some cool vocal arrangements in here this is one where he gets more into his style 
and then there's like a choir that almost backs him a little bit and that's yeah that was a cool effect and i thought i think it was very good especially to spice up the later bits of the track Howsomever. Yeah, um, tell me about the lyrics. Hey, this um, song is called Father Figure, and it's a romantic love song. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, no. George Michael, um, no. Yeah, like, uh, no. <laughs> no. Like, hard stop, no. No. <laughs> no. And, like, the, uh, I mean, like, that's that as a starting point is bad. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps going, because the entire song isn't, I, I guess one of the big problems that I have with the, romance on some of these tracks is that it's not two-sided a lot of these are very intended to be seductive like this is the thing that's going to convince you to not even like fall in love with me it's explicitly for the purpose of having sex with me and i think that's that's kind of like what sells though like at the time because that you see prince and mj doing that like all the time so that's kind of what they did like the the, i mean (laughs) not really defending it i guess but no no i i understand where you're coming from the, the problem that I have with it in this instance is that it's not... The sex is, like, commodified a little bit heavier, and it's it's just a little too on the nose, and, hey, I really need this, and, like... Yeah. It, it, it's almost trying too hard to convince the target of these songs, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, like, just... Uh, why, why the father motif on God, this? Yeah, why is that no. your metaphor... It's really bad. And it like the chorus starts off with I will be your fog- father figure, put your tiny hand in mine. Gross. Yeah. Followed up with I will be your preacher teacher. That's a lot disgusting. A lot of power dynamics being That's invoked. That's really here. bad. Yeah. It's <sighs> not good. So it's just uh, really a shame cuz it's yeah. such a good song musically. I agree. I yeah. Uh, just yeah, it's weird. Mm. Really uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, I this kind of thing falls off towards the end of the album. But let's let's go ahead and get into the next song. Uh, Please, I want I want your sex is the name of the Part, song. <laughs> parts one and two. Yes, yeah, so this song <laughs> because... is broken up into a couple different movements called rhythms. Uh, in some mm. like track listings or breakdowns of the song. In fact, the first section of this song, the first rhythm, was the part that got made into the single for the album because this song is is long. It's Nine like, minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah. And if I have to give it one credit, it didn't feel like that, honestly. Yeah, no, it's really fun. It, it just it goes right drag. by. No, not at yeah. all. Again, musically, this song is banging. Like, this, yeah, is, hell yeah. this is very good. This is funky a very good well. pop song. Very funky. Like, it's got a lot of things into it. And the fact that being broken up into rhythms isn't a gimmick. It is a very, cl- there's like a clear delineation between different parts of the song, which feels cool. And it flows into them, like, really well, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a... Musically, this is a very good track. The song also has, like, the, like, pitch-shifted vocal on it. Yeah. Where, like, at first you think it's, like, a female guest vocalist, but it's just George Michael pitched up, which is really right. cool. Yeah, like, I, I did like that because I couldn't tell, and even after I kind of knew, I still couldn't really tell. Like, yeah. this is extremely well pitch-shifted. Like, that that's... It's impressive. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I I swear to God, I don't want to be the fucking stuffed shirt prude ass guy on this episode, but this song is also pretty gross. I mean, it is called "I Want Your Sex." Yeah, like yeah. it's you know I don't. <laughs> the The problem is that I'm also 
like trying to break down this song and its contents in the same week that the the webcomic Oh Joy Sex Toy makes a big faux pas in its handling mm. of a like a sensitive sexual subject. I see. I've never so, heard of this. Yeah, they, they did a. I, I won't get into the, all the details, no. <laughs> but like the whole idea is that the the comic has had a track record of putting sex into this like sex and kinks into this little fantasy zone of as like everybody's consenting so there's absolutely nothing that could be wrong with this and also if you try and say so you're being mean and hurtful and like you right. can't do anything now on the one hand i do i do agree that like consent is an extremely important part of sex and like that's that's the number one thing that should be figured out and then the rest of it is up to you guys but the problem is that the social ramifications, the external pressures aren't factored in when they do their breakdowns of what sex is and what it means to people. So a lot of times they take these kinks that actually have stuff like, oh, I don't know, racial biases at the heart of what makes them exciting and like what makes them historically is... exciting. Wait, are we talking about the the cuck comic? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, okay, uh, yeah, I know. I, I know what you're talking about now. Right. So the, the problem, right? So the the, the big <laughs> problem with it is that it's taking sex and removing the external societal expectations and pressures, and especially for people who are like victims of abuse, it doesn't like account for that when it's saying all this stuff is perfectly fine. And this song doesn't do like it's not trying to be nearly as nuanced as that is, so I don't fault it as much. But it still puts this kind of stuff in that same, you know. Isn't this great? Everybody should be doing this all the time sort of thing. Like, the, the lyrics explicitly say, you know... Not everybody does it, but everybody should. Right! And it's like, uh, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but, like, that's a bit of a blanket statement, I gotta say. Hey, Jake. Like... <laughs> shut up and get the fuck out. I'm gonna fuck your wife now. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah. Just, just throwing that out there. No, that's good. That was but... good. <laughs> No, see, so, like, that's... It's too topical right now. It's it's the hot meme. When I I come at it from this angle, that's where I'm approaching it from. I'm not saying sex is inherently wrong or that certain types of people shouldn't be having sex with each other. I'm just saying that this is really, really simplified and, again, puts the act of sex into this commodified space of, like, I want it, so that means that it's okay and you should have sex with me. It's yeah, like, and he's he's saying uh, like he he's saying like these lines that are like um uh, like I've waited so long right. now that we're friends like as if like he is owed the the sexual acts and he says right right he says a man has his patience and this is where mine ends you know it's I like, can't take okay. much more I'm losing control like as soon as anybody <laughs> says that to you you fucking run away yeah, I don't care who no. it is. Like, that's not okay. And I know that's that's not like the... I guess that's not the intent of the song, but it's definitely very, very easy to read it like that. Yes. It's a problem, yes. for sure. I, the problem that we get is that this is... It's using these phrases as shorthand for I have an extreme amount of passion for you. And in a lot of cases where this song is being, I don't know, applied, it's like... And the feeling is mutual. So, like, yeah. let's bone. The, and, this problem is prevalent and you know the 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 pop music of the time and even now uh... yeah yeah <laughs> so uh that's pretty much the end of my soapbox for this album i don't think i mean the other songs <laughs> yeah. reference sex but like these are the two big ones back to back that i'm like 
Ah, oh, God. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. And, again, to its credit, this song sounds fucking amazing. Like, yeah, there's, like, funky, funky <laughs> riffs and horn licks and... Oh, boy. Yeah, so <laughs> give it that at least, but, yeah. My friends and I, the other day, were talking about, like, what if this album was sold at like like a christian store because it says faith on the cover and has like a cross and it's yeah. called faith and, and like you change i want your sex to i want your sects like s-e-c-t-s oh god that's 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 extremely goof wow and then it gives uh, new meaning to i'll be your preacher teacher he's gonna teach you about the bible <laughs> Don't okay. need no Bible, just right. look in my eyes. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Just Let's... wanted to do that goof real quick. Uh, one I, more I try is it. the title <laughs> of the next check. <laughs> right, so one more try is a little bit more introspective, which I honestly was the most refreshing after two back-to-back songs of Please Have Sex With Me. Yeah. No, this it's... one's really good and yeah. kind of tender. Musically, this is a ballad, a kind of soul mm-hmm. ballad, and it's just got nice nice melodies and chords there's some interesting like chord changes to to minor chords that you don't maybe expect that kind of throw you a little bit it's kind of cool yeah very solid um and lyrically it's got some feelable lines like there ain't no joy for an uptown boy whose teacher has told him goodbye and and uh teacher is again used in a romantic context but it's like a little bit more okay with in this I mean, it's not great, but it's it's not, like, sexy teacher fetishization or whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, you are more experienced in the ways of romance than I am. You taught me yes. how to love and how to hurt, and now you're going away from me, and I don't know how to handle it. And that's, that's a powerful narrative. Yeah, I think this song does what it sets out to accomplish very well. And it is almost six minutes long, and it also doesn't feel like it. It's Yeah. This album really does that. <laughs> None of these songs feel long. They feel, like, well-lived, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they, they use their space appropriately, and they don't dwell for too long. They just sort of are, which is nice. Definitely. Yeah, as, as good pop music should. And, and, like, these are long for pop songs. Like, I, I guess this, the radio versions are shorter, probably. I mean, yeah. definitely for I Want Your Sex, but... Yes, yeah. Like, Father Figure is five and a half minutes, and this song is 5.50, and many of the songs are above that four and a half minute mark. Mm-hmm. Actually, all, except for Faith. <laughs> yeah, and there's only nine tracks, so that's, you know... Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty quick little listen. Next up, we have Hard Day, which, swear to God, gun to my head, I would have told you the song was entitled Don't Bring Me Down. Yeah, that's the <laughs> phrase repeated the most. Don't bring me down. And also, it's got that sort of, like, driving kind of beat to it that I I almost thought it was a very strange cover of Don't Bring Me Down. <laughs> like, the first time that I started listening to it, I was like, what is, what is going on here? So the, the, the musical impression I get from this song immediately, whenever I hear it, is this is what the people who composed music for Genesis, Sega Genesis games were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah right because it's, yeah. it's got like the and then yes. like the 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 synth over it's like you know it's yeah, like yeah yeah who, whoever was composing music for like most of the sega games at the time or i guess it would be like four years later because this was uh 1987 but 
they were listening to this. <laughs> That's what I feel. It's like that 80s funk, like synth funk kind of thing. Yeah. And it's I, awesome. I, I, I it's really love awesome. both the synth and the bass on this track and pretty much on this entire album because they're like really clean and clear more than anything else. Like they, yeah. they just have a good tone to them. And Definitely. this might have been one of the tracks that George Michael just played everything on because there are a couple of tracks that George Michael just played every single fucking instrument on. Yeah. And they're not even like the they're not even the ones that you expect, like Faith, where it's like, okay, yeah, he could have done this in a studio with like an acoustic guitar. No, they're the ones that have like all the layering and like forty yeah. cents and like bass and <laughs> shit. It's really cool. It's like the thing about this album is like usually pop albums are like a very collaborative effort between a bunch of different producers and songwriters, mm-hmm. but this is very much a singer songwriter project. God, like just yeah. George Michael's creative force. Like he wrote all the music and lyrics. I mean, look the the song "Look at Your Hands" was co-written. The lyrics were, but the music mm-hmm. is still all him. Yeah, everything was him. Like, yeah, and I mean that's really important to what he was trying to do with this because it's like he's trying to figure out who he is on his own and whether he can have that like staying power. Because Wham was yeah. good, but Wham was also like a boy band of its time, and yeah. he was kind of a, a not really a child star, but a younger star. And he recorded and released this one when he was, like, 24. So that's not yeah. old, but it's, like, on the tail end of when you could get by on your kid, young man charisma. Um, yeah. And he, he was doing the uh, the thing Justin Timberlake did later. Yes, you know? exactly. Um, but, yeah, Hard Day is a pretty sweet song. And it, and it also has that pitch shifted, like, it has, like, yeah. a rap verse. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> not even a verse, but, like, a few lines. I was really like, who is this voice? And then I realized that it's him pitch shifted. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's still pretty impressive. That's still really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they do like a back and forth with the two voices. Like, well, bring me down. Don't bring me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, geez, you go from being like one part of a two-person act to being a two-person act in and of yourself. <laughs> that's pretty, yes. that's pretty powerful. Yes. That's awesome. And it's, it's pretty cheesy too. that rap. Part. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine because this it's another sort of bombastic like punch your face in song. So like I dig yeah. it. It's awesome. Next up we have Hand to Mouth. This is probably the only song that's not like about sex or romance at least. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of about like class differences and the the phrase hand to mouth is repeated as I, I guess it's either like handouts from society or handouts from the government or something. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is because the the phrase itself probably has some other meaning that I, I'm just not aware of. Like, I, I feel like it's used elsewhere in either literature or something. But the feeling that I got from it was either hand-to-mouth as in your hand is covering your mouth, so it's like it's a thing that you don't talk about in polite society, as referenced by the fact that it talks about a sex worker and, right. uh, you know, oh, it's, a, it's someone who goes to prison in the first verse um, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Or it's hand-to-mouth like you're you're asking for handouts one way or another. Musically, this song is really fucking smooth. Yeah. For Considering it's not a song about fucking. <laughs> it's <laughs> right, really right. sexy. It, it's, it's got like the really low kind of quiet, like almost whispered vocals. Kind of a yeah. careless whisper vocal, if you will. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got this really, like this is very much his own voice on this one, which is kind of why I like it a lot. Like, not just yeah. for being toned down, but also for being really, really him more than anybody else in his voice on this. Yeah. 
and it's it's just real smooth and cool. Very good track. Next up is Look at Your Hands. Take a look at these hands. <laughs> I'm a tumbler. <laughs> You've lost me. Won't you sing with me? No? No, Talking nothing. heads. Talking heads. I'm sorry. It's not okay. in my repertoire yet. <laughs> this is why we do the podcast 27. Well, w- when we review Remain in Light by the Talking Heads, you'll know. Okay, good. You should probably listen to it sometime before then, though, because it's really important. Right, it's probably up there. Uh, anyway, take... <laughs> leave all of that in. <laughs> I probably will. All. That's that was really Please. good. Uh, Look at your hands is about Nana Nana Boo Boo at the person that dumped Excuse you. Me? That's what it is. It's like ha ha, you left oh. me. Oh, Nana Nana Boo Boo. Why didn't you just say so? Right. Yes. How could I not uh, <laughs> immediately understand? This what this song is extremely petty, uh, yeah. and it's it. Uh, this is where I say that George Michael doesn't really show off the fact that he's being mature on this album so much as he's being explicit, because <laughs> like this song isn't mature at all. It's like, hey, look at what you could have had if you stayed with me, bitch. It's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. Like that being no, said, it's... it's still really fun. Like I, <laughs> I take guilty pleasure in the lyrics of this one because it's like. Really, really, like, just charged and super, I mean, that's like, fun. like, yeah, you can, yeah, you can just be like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're the person who's good, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, um. I could, I could be the star, and, and the my ex that I'm not fond of could be over there, and I'm just like, haha, and it's like, that's not a good way to live your life, but also, it's fun to sing about for like three minutes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like. He's like, I was a skater boy, and she said, see you later, boy, because I wasn't good enough for her. But now I'm a superstar jamming on my guitar. Uh, whatever the next line is. So, there. I mean, like, every t- <laughs> once I get to that part in the chorus, I'm just like... <laughs> so, it doesn't really matter. I, no, yeah. I just love how kind of explicit this song gets with just, like, lines like, Bet you don't like your life. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... Okay. I mean, got me there. Yep. You're not George Michael. Right, and you couldn't be. <laughs> and and it is super like it's it's really bouncy like the the intro of the car is na 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 lady look at your hands and I'm just like I yeah. I love it. I fucking love it. Take a look at these hands. <laughs> No, it's not. It's a different I'm starting song. to worry that you didn't, no. like, listen to the last three tracks of the album, and you're just, like, <laughs> like you're just putting in other songs to account for it. Yeah, um, no, this song is great. I like the part with the instruments. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I did. I did listen to it. <laughs> I, I gotta say, the, the last thing that I'll say about this one for the instrumental is I'm pretty sure it's just Addicted to Love. Mm. Like it's real, real. Cl- like I, obviously, it's not just addicted to love because George Very Michael similar. is a better artist than that. But every time I hear it, I'm like, this sounds a lot like addicted to love. Yeah, I mean, you know, some recycling can be done. It's fine, of course. And it, and it is distinctly a different song. Yeah, yeah. And the next track is called Monkey, <laughs> and this yeah, one, it's like mm. I it, it kind of my first impression of this song was like this is really goofy because yes, it's. Why can't you do it? Why can't you set your monkey free? Which is such a goofy sounding line, but it does have a meaning. Yes, uh, and <laughs> like so the the idea of a monkey on your back is usually like addiction, but 
from the rest of the lyrics of this song, like, is it, is it like actually addiction? Because I can't tell I if it's addiction know. or if this guy's just petty about his woman hanging out with other people. Yeah, I think it's just a hang up. It's just like jealousy, I think. If it is the addiction thing, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but that, that would be some mature subject matter. Yes, but if it's not, <laughs> then this is another petty child romantic thing for George Michael. Yeah, but I like the part where it's like, the monkey, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's like that that very poorly. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. It, it's a pretty funky jam, this one. Yeah. As you'd expect a song called Monkey from George Michael to be. It's got that cool, like, 808 drum machine. Um, uh, I don't even know what instrument it would be on the drum machine, but the... <laughs> it's got the... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, this this one's definitely funky as hell. And again, it's it's fun, and it's not nearly as gross as any of the other songs. So I kind of give it more of a pass for that. Like this could be the oh geez, I can't believe you're you're going this route song on somebody else's album. But for George Michael, uh, this George is actually... Michael, don't sing about having sex with monkeys. That's disgusting. <laughs> God. What's I mean, wrong it's just, with you? It's a very petty boyfriend jealousy kind of like nothing, like not even apologetic kind of song. So like on on a on a <laughs> on an album that doesn't include the song that literally is entitled "I Want Your Sex," this would be <laughs> this would be the petty shallow track. It's all it's all relative. Yeah, but it's <laughs> this is this is again very funky and very fun. Key, it's a funky monkey, if you will. <laughs> I don't think I um, will. Yeah, you probably won't, but that's fine. <laughs> the um, the final track is called "Kissing a Fool," and this one is probably like the like best one. I think so. I think "Hand to Mouth" might be my favorite, but I think "Kissing a Fool" is just mm. the best. Yeah, this song is awesome. It's like a it's like a lounge swing ballad. Yeah. And it's some like this. This is George Michael's fucking voice, honestly. Like, yeah. And this is kind way. of the thing that he grows into later in his career, I believe. I don't know any. Like, I know the Wham singles, and then now I know this album, but I don't really know about his later work. But as I understood it, this is kind of the the zone that he really found the most success in. Is the more like soft or sultry lounge not always loungy but the the smoother kind of ballads very tender yeah. music sensitive mm-hmm. he's a soft boy is the thing <laughs> yeah i had to explain to garrett the other day what a soft boy is and he didn't it's really a get boy it. that's soft what is yeah the... it's the opposite of a hard man like what do you need right yeah <laughs> um and and really like this this song has some really solid lines on it and very vulnerable open emotionally as opposed to the the more bombastic like let's do it half of the album <laughs> like this yeah. is this is people you can never change the way they feel better let them do just what they will for they will if you let them steal your heart from you and like boy that's fucking poetry man like where were you that's uh <laughs> that's a smart boy yeah this is a really tender heartfelt track and it's solid fucking closer i'll tell you that much like yeah that's a, for sure. it's really good because it's it's sort of like the you know letting people out at the end of a, a gig kind of feel to it and yeah the night's winding down yeah 
Yeah, no, this is a great, just a good. Yeah. <laughs> no nouns, only adjective. Okay, hold on. I gotta bring this up because this makes this track even more fucking incredible. The vocals Please. for this song were recorded in acapella in one take. Like, he, he didn't, didn't record have... with an instrumental? Right. Wow. That's fucking amazing. That is pretty fucking incredible. Wow. It, wow. <laughs> Sorry, gang. We just need to take a second to say wow, because, like, I'm just now reading this. And that's, wow. Wow. Cause I did not know. George Michael. That... <laughs> wow. I mean, like, you get the idea that this guy's really, like, a singer first in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, that, he, he's got an amazing voice, and it shows off the best on this track. But For sure. that's some supreme amount of technical skill to do that. I really yeah. pray that that's true. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Good Good high <laughs> note to end on for George Michael, because we spent the first half sort of like, bleh. But like, George, why? I relent a little bit in my criticism, especially because I'm not one to speak ill of the dead. He passed away earlier this year. Um, right. And uh, it was either earlier this year or very late last year. I think it was earlier this year. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he had a lot of other emotional turmoil throughout his life. He had a lot of struggles with questioning his sexuality. A lot of this album is from a pretty heterosexual point of view. In uh, Some tracks are a little bit more ambiguous, but there's a lot of it that, yeah. that comes from that. But he... At this point in his career, he admitted to his friends that he was bisexual, and then later on he identified as gay, and he he spent a lot of his time, like, trying to figure out that kind of stuff, and the emotional turmoil that can result from that, and the kind of pushback that you almost have against yourself with trying to establish masculinity comes in really heavy on this album. So, yeah. a lot of the complaints that I have from this are in the context of it is now what 30 years later actually (laughs) and i'm looking back on this as a piece of art in the time that it was being written written by the person that george michael was when he wrote it this is very telling very personal in a lot of ways that i can't parse this far beyond and extremely powerful in many ways so at the very least I give it that. If I have any criticisms of it in today's context, that's one thing. But for the time, it was explosive. It was clever. It was emotional. It was resonant. And that is important. Yeah, for sure. It's very much specific to his situation, you know? Yeah. Nothing is in a vacuum. I I do think it's debatable whether sex is best when it's one-on-one, as he says in the song, (laughs) I Want Your Sex. (laughs) Um, we'll leave that that's... to the philosophers, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Great album, otherwise, though. Yeah, fantastic. And especially musically, because, like, composition-wise, oh, yeah. this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I'm I'm definitely now interested in listening to Wham! and other George yeah. Michael projects that he's recorded. Because that's just good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd also really like to hear how he develops from this point. Because this is very much at like a, a huge turning point in his life, both professionally and personally. And I'd like to see who he was before that, and then how he, he figures that out later on in his music. Yeah, so that'll do it for Faith by George McHyle, which is not accurate <laughs> not, whatsoever. Not how you He's do it. <laughs> Greek, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs>
After a short break, we'll be back with I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight by Richard and Linda Thompson. And we'll be reviewing that. Stay tuned. Hey gang, just wanted to drop in during the break to let you guys know that Album Club 500 is now on iTunes. So if you have any sort of Apple device, you can go and find us there. If you do, please give us a rating. It helps us out a lot and uh, can get new people to find the show. And as always, keep recommending us to your friends and go to opalnebula.com for any new updates. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Album Club 500. We are back with the second album of this episode. It is I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight by Richard and Linda Thompson. This is a British folk rock album. From night. <laughs> Took a pace for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> okay. Um, it's from 1974, so we're going back uh, 13 years from Faith. And it, this is mm-hmm. mellow in a lot of ways. It's pretty mellow, although it does pick up a few times. True. But for the most part, this is kind of somber, um, low-key folk rock. Sometimes just folk, even. Yeah, yeah. There's parts where it's just mostly an acoustic jam and super, super folksy. Yeah, very English, very old-timey Very, very English. These are very rainy songs, I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, that's kind of reflected even on the album cover, right? Because it's like a, a oh, foggy yeah. window, a foggy glass window with the title written on it with someone's finger, you know? That's also a very cool cover, I gotta say. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a choice, folksy kind of thing. Pretty cool. Not Richard, quite as sexy as the George Michael cover, but... Well, yeah, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Richard and Linda Thompson are a duo, and this is their first album together. It is Richard's second album, and Linda was a session singer at the time. They got into a professional and personal relationship, and they produced this album. I gotta talk just a little bit about Richard Thompson's first album, because it didn't do well at all. Um, it was entitled Henry the Human Fly. And, Incredible. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good start. <laughs> Uh, and uh, a lot of critics had a lot of disdain for it at the time. And I think it's been a little bit vindicated by Richard Thompson's later success, but, uh, it was the worst selling album in Warner Brothers Records history, uh, reportedly. Wow. Which is, Uh, that's pretty impressive. Wikipedia here says that all music gave it a 4.5 out of 5 and Robert Criscow gave it an A-. Right? Like... That's pretty... That's that's weird, and I don't know if that's, like, a retrospective review or not, because, like, a lot of other pieces about this particular album, and even when referencing I Want to See the Bright Lights tonight, they'll say, yeah, Richard Thompson's review was, like, critically ignored for the most part. Like, mm. it, it didn't get anything. Right. I mean, there are a lot of albums, I feel, that are critically panned when they come out and then appreciated much later on. Yeah. Like post posthumously. I and never know if I'm pronouncing that word right. <laughs> posthumously, posthumously, I'm not counting, and anybody who complains about it is probably dead. So I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know where that came from. That That's came from a got a weird kind of energy place. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's this album, because like, oh, I wanna see the bright lights tonight is 
it also was kind of swept under the rug a little bit. It wasn't super popular when it first came out, but since then it has been critically vindicated. But it is, like, really, really glum in some bits. Like, even the bouncier songs are still sort of, like, doom and gloom and, like, misfortune in their lyrics. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes it is a little bit optimistic. Yeah. But for the most part, it is very much that English gloom. We get a lot of British sad boys, but this is, like, a very different That's flavor. That's just... <laughs> yeah, that's just the British, I think. Like, if if this if this well, album had come out in the like eighties or like especially the late eighties, we would have this would have been a British sad boy album, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is very very good though. I feel yes. Like. Oh goodness, yes. Like, don't <laughs> we start off a lot of these with like, oh, but this time that is no, it's great. It's honestly very good. The folk music is pretty timeless i'd say the only indicators yeah. of the time that it is being uh performed in is richard thompson's vocal style is a little bit it's like nebulously 70s i think yeah and then the instrumentation is also still mid 70s uh in a lot of ways but the the lyrics the guitar and... the electric guitar tones often yeah give it yeah. away yeah, but the lyrics and the themes and the the general feel of these songs is pretty timeless, and I I think it's earned its spot as like a a new sort of classic for folk. Yeah, I feel like if you if you make your sound older than you actually are, then you know you're you're already retro. So yeah, in the future yeah. it'll still sound retro. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way, but um, so. Shall we get into the tracks of this Let's album? Let's do it. Track one is When I Get to the Border. I This one hit me right away and made me go, yeah, this is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Just like good melodies. I wasn't so sure about Richard's voice at first because he's kind of like wobbly, you know, kind of yeah, that meek British guy feeling. But He opens up with a very not great like vocal line. At, at least um, melodically, because it yeah. starts off with, and you're like, oh, wow. Oh, geez. This is extremely <laughs> yeah. British. When I uh, get to the border. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then, like, he kind of sells it when he gets closer to the chorus. Like, he puts yeah. more emotion into it. He, he throws it a little bit and then linda comes in for backing vocals on this one and she gets lead spots on on some other ones and we'll talk more about her voice then but it it really really adds something to the track yeah and this track also has some cool little i believe uh uh (laughs) concertina concertina it's like a small accordion basically okay cool um concertina i don't know I don't know how to pronounce that word. It's a baby accordion, but that's being played <laughs> on this track, and it's pretty cool. Um, there's a little solo part. Yeah. It's cool. And, I mean, this whole album generally has all this kind of weird old-style instrumentation, like dulcimers and mandolins. There is an instrument that I want to talk about when we get to We Sing Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, That I is know. so cool. But we'll get to that one. one. But yes, there's a lot of really, like, cool instrumentation on this. Fiddles, acoustic guitars played well. Just, like, real, real good instruments. Real, real Renfair shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does feel very Renfair. And this song sounds 
like one that you, I don't know, play in an old-timey bar or something. Like a tavern. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely that kind of sing-along kind of tavern song feel to it. It's really yeah. good. Lyrics? No? Um, the lyrics <laughs> are, I mean, the lyrics are pretty tame. Uh, it's, it's got a, like a wistful journey kind of feeling to it. Not journey right. the band, but like you're going on a journey, like a, like a Dungeons <laughs> yeah. and Dragons quest or something. Uh, mm. and that, that's kind of cool. Cause it doesn't hit you immediately with like the sad bits. Cause there's some, there's some deep, deep despair that he gets to on this album. And this one's actually pretty cheery. Yeah. It's a good start in that way. Right. Like it's it. There's like a bit where he, okay, he does talk about dying, so it's like. Well, there you go. <laughs> if you see a box of pine with a name that looks like mine, just say I drowned in a barrel of wine, and it's like I, yeah. That's I love that line. That's yeah. <laughs> like he told him I went out drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty solid. It's it's fun and it's having fun. Yes, and then the next track, the cavalry cross. Mm-hmm. Ca- cavalry. The cavalry, <laughs> the, the cavalry the... cross. Yes, well done. It's pretty cool. Uh, it starts with this neat little like instrumental like mm-hmm. dulcimer solo. I think. Yeah. I think it, it, I guitar. think it was, I it was either dulcimer or guitar, and either way, the melody like with that kind of pattern is redonk, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. like that was it's really, got like a really droning good. bit and this kind of kind of almost eastern melody to it a little bit yeah and it's cool it's a cool little intro to this track mm-hmm. then it kicks into uh like a folksy kind of sad it's it's interesting because the music kind of like pulses like because mm. the piano has the dun 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 and then richard sings a line and then it does yeah. the dun 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 he sings the next line you know it's kind of that like in and out like ebb and flow style of song this really song enjoy. and a lot of this album so i won't say this for every single track but this song especially felt very jethro tall to me i can kind of hear that yeah i mean i get that a lot of i mean richard thompson's voice is also very jethro tall so that's yeah swinging me a bit but i feel like ian anderson yeah 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 like this this is just like what you said with the call and response sort of the the pulsing stuff that felt in line with a lot of Jethro Tull's songs, or what I've heard of them. Cool. That yeah. makes sense. And I say that as a huge compliment, because I fucking love Jethro Tull. Yeah, uh, definitely. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna review them at some point. Yep. You know it. Got them. But yeah, the cavalry... Ca- Why can't I fucking say the word cavalry? Because the word cavalry exists. It's so close. So it's like, uh, it's very frustrating. Because <laughs> um, I'm trying to say both, like... Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, th- this gets more lyrically into the dark stuff. Um, oh, it's a black cat cross your path, and why don't you follow? This is your first day of sorrow, etc. It's like, yeah, all right, we're here. Um, not <laughs> super exciting lyrically other than that. No, and it doesn't really need to be. It's, it's nah. just a nice song. Yeah, it's, it's very good. But the next one is quite a bit heavier. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This one's called Withered and Died, and this one's sung by Linda, primarily. Yes, she is very, very good. She's got a very pretty, haunting kind of voice. Yeah, haunting's a good word to describe it. Like, this one, I feel like it almost sounds a little bit more modern than the rest, but... Yeah, yeah. It's also very low-key and Mm -hmm. subtle in its ways. 
there's a twinge of western in, yeah. in this one, which was a little bit weird. I think that's what I felt helps. That too. I think that's what helps give it the more modern feel because it does really like none of these songs are country to any degree, no. but this had. St- like some of the similar kind of influences just peeking in a little bit with the guitar. There's a little bit of that Western feel. It's got a, just like a the tiniest hint of a specific twang that gets you. But uh, this song is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's very pretty. Uh, my my favorite line was probably in the in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only sad stories to tell of this town, or no, it's to tell. <laughs> I've only yeah. sad stories to tell to this town. It's like yeah. she's this visitor who's, you know, been broken down by everything and, you know, had this rough ass life. <laughs> Their yeah. dreams have withered and died. Man, it's heavy. It is. It is very, very heavy. Richard Thompson says that it, like the third verse of his songs always have like that little bit of hope at the very least. Yes. The line that you get that for that sentiment in this song is, if I was a butterfly, live for a day, I could be free just blowing away. And then it gets right back into, this cruel country has driven me down. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, Jesus, Rich. She's kind of pining for a more light, uh, breezy life without all this baggage. Yeah, I mean, it's a really simple song. Mm-hmm. Um, very beautiful in its poetry and its music. Yes. Very yeah, nice th- this was where I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Because the the Calvary Cross is good, but it's not like a super standout. It's just kind yeah. of there. I'm not gonna call it filler because it's a good song, but right. It's not one of the biggins. But then we do have another biggin, which is the next track. It's the, the title titular. track. I want to see the bright lights tonight. I I can't say that any other way than like I want to see the bright lights tonight. Take me to them, Gregory. <laughs> there are so many T's. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I can't say, like, I want to see the bright lights tonight. Right, because that's just like, hey, hey, you, I want to see the bright lights tonight. I want I mean... to see the bright lights tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, this one is another sort of fun song. I, I got on this album for being a big old Debbie Downer a lot of the time, but this one's also pretty upbeat. Yeah, this one's not so dreary. This is more of a rock and roll sound song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, a lot of the other songs are folk rock. This one's folk rock. Yeah, yeah. The underline the rock part. <laughs> <laughs> There's some fun horn parts in this, which you know I love and crave. Um, oh, yeah. The, the beat is a little... It's even throughout the whole thing, which is... I mean, it's okay. It's not super fast. It's not slow. But it's very even throughout the whole thing, which... Yeah, it's not it's not a banger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is a rock and roll song, and yeah, it's got some nice melodies and easy to remember good sing along chorus. <laughs> the backup vocals do some very fun work here because there's a section where they just do the sort of like uh, I I don't know, I can't even remember exactly how it goes, but it's like rising and falling. Ooh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly what you mean, but I mean. I, I do like in, in the chorus when she does the harmonies. Yeah. Uh, like when she sings, I want to see the bright lights tonight. It's, um, she, she goes from like a, this like third or fifth harmony mm-hmm. and like drops it down to be in unison. Cause the, the yeah. whole song is multi-tracked vocals. It's, there's always two vocal parts and they're usually in unison, but they sing like harmony for a few notes in the chorus. And it's really cool. And then there's also the backup vocals. Like, yeah. Ooh! 
you know like <laughs> yes yes that's always cool and uh couple of really solid lines on this one too like um a couple of drunken nights rolling on the floor is just the kind of mess i'm looking for that's oh a, man that's a good line <laughs> that's a real yep. solid line that's cool she just wants to go have fun yeah girls just want to have fun it's basically the same song if you think about it it's the, it is very much like the british version of it because <laughs> it's it's pretty matter of fact and like it's not trying to justify anything it's just like yep this is how we live and uh yeah sure that's cool <laughs> it's got a, like a little bit more of a, a quieter i mean it's still it's still rocking but like it's it's a little bit more even even-handed very british yeah i mean it's a pretty subdued rock and roll song yeah. because it is on this album <laughs> true but it's true. cool yeah next up we have down where the drunkards roll and this is a fucking drinking song yeah like they bring it down real low Richard's bass tones are are working very well here because uh, it's mostly oh, man, that's the best. it's mostly Linda on vocals, but he comes in for the the chorus and he gets down where the drunkards roll. Yeah, like, he has a great bass. Perfect. That's that's right. That is just the right amount. I wish he used that more. To be honest, yeah, like yeah, on his own. Like if he just sang a song like that, that'd be sick. Like you know, like Hades. Yeah, town. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite get that. That's that deep. shit I like. No, that no, is, but I mean, it, but that's that's so good. I do like an effective bass voice, especially when it's contrasting Linda's voice here. And they're both haunting, but they're haunting in their own ways, which is cool. One is uh, like you know doing the the whole Danny Phantom, and the other is doing the Poltergeist. <laughs> Two different kinds of haunting. Fuck you. It's <laughs> not, not even accurate. God, <laughs> this this is a very quiet, commiserating kind of tune, and uh, it's I don't. It's not really sad. It's just sort of accepting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, it's it's sad because it's got like you can be a gambler who never drew a hand, and you can be a sailor who never left dry land. It's, uh, yeah, that's oh, that's heck. pretty sad. Ah, uh, uh, dang. You got me here, Richard and Linda Thompson. <laughs> no, great great song, though. Like, it's really nice and low-key. Yeah. Nice and chilled out. Very good. It's kind of, yeah, good-ass good. We sing hallelujah <laughs> is the next track. I um, love this song. Can we please talk about the crumb horn? The crumb horn. Please let's talk about the crumb horn. I've been dying to talk about the crumb horn all day. I don't like how the um, the Wikipedia article for the album lists it K R U M M horn, but then you click on it and it's like C R U M horn. Right, because that's not nearly as fun, right? <laughs> yeah, uh. no. Not to be confused with the Cromorn. <laughs> the Cromorn? I'm pretty sure that's a sword from World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, it's a French woodwind reed instrument of uncertain identity. Thank you. <laughs> The Crumhorn shows up on, I think, just two tracks here. It's When I Get to yeah. the Border and We Sing Hallelujah. And it is a reed instrument that I swear to God, the first time that I heard it, I thought it was a kazoo. Yeah, it's a little bit kazoo-ish. It, it's, but... it's like a like a bass wooden kazoo in some ways. It's a reeded instrument that looks ridiculous, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> it looks like you're blowing into the bottom end of the world's shortest cane. Yeah. But that's umbrella great. handle. Yeah. But yeah, no, it sounds cool. It's like if a kazoo was slightly less irritating. 
Yeah, actually, <laughs> it, do, it does have a very good tone to it, which is nice. And it does throw these songs way, 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 way back to, like, Renaissance kind of times. Yeah, these are very old English instruments. Pretty cool. Featured heavily on We Sing Hallelujah, and otherwise it's just kind of a good sort of... Like, this is straight-up folk. Um, yes, this is a folk song. Yeah. <laughs> Not much rock here. And and we work all day in the old-fashioned way. And da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even... Like, I'm reading the lyrics, and I'm like, I don't care what the lyrics are. That was fine. No. <laughs> like, you've done it. You, you've gotten the essence of the song. And the the verses are also just, like, pretty cool and really throwbacky. Like, a man is like a briar. He covers himself with thorns. He laughs like a clown when his fortune's down and his clothes are ragged and torn. Like, I can't say that without doing a little jig. Yeah, no. If, if we were, like, back in, like, the time period of this shit, like, we would think that's probably hilarious maybe <laughs> would it be i don't know they it would be standards fun. for humor in the past like like you could low. sing this and you would blend in if you were a time cop so like, yeah exactly <laughs> like they wouldn't they wouldn't blink twice they just start clapping yeah we love it <laughs> yeah we don't have to play yet place me some more tunes ye lord you give me a copper first <laughs> 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 it's it really is that like you get that that old-fashioned way out of this song and it i i gave this album a lot of shit for being sad but it's got a lot of really chipper it's moments got a, it's got a few yeah yeah they're really fun yeah great great song <laughs> yes next up we have has he got a friend for me and good lord has he got a friend for me has he got a friend for me? That's not what it is at all, unfortunately. But <laughs> no, I the song that itself too. is uh, pretty good. <laughs> it's really sad. Okay, I I spent all my energy saying how sad this album was and hyping you up. This is where it gets fucking sad, cause like <laughs> yeah. this is this is a woman saying like nobody likes me. My friend's going yeah. out with a guy. Does he have somebody who likes sad and awful people? And it's like Aww. Richard Thompson, you wrote this for your wife to sing. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I'm, you can write songs as, like, a character, you know? Like, no, I get that. But also, that's that's gotta be kind of awkward. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're making art. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> she she obviously gets it. And she she does very well on this song. Like, she sells the character really well, which is to say, I got real sad. Yeah, don't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like, like, this song is like, this one goes real hard on like the minor key yeah. slow uh sad acoustic ballad and and lest you think i'm overcompensating for how sad this song is he's got the haunt of the sea in his eyes he wouldn't notice me passing by i could be in the gutter or dangling down from a tree i think he'd probably notice that <laughs> <laughs> like wow okay uh jesus this is yeah that's pretty dark <laughs> yeah, um, but still very like poignant. Like this song makes you feel. It does. It's not just like ah, oh, geez. It's it, it's got some real emotion to it, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty uh dark with that particular line there, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just like you know, character writing. Cause, yeah. Or I mean, there's also like the situation could be that maybe 
Linda told Richard about this her like past experience where she felt like this, and he wrote a song about that. Hmm. Yeah, I could you know? get that. Because you know, it's not like this is. It's not like you write a song and it has to be currently applicable to you right now. No, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably what it was. Further on in character work, we have the little beggar girl. And my first reaction was, <laughs> oh my god, this is even sadder. And then it was like, well, it's still, she's she's making it work, so it's still fun. Yeah, and you kind of get the idea that she's like, she loves, like, taking people's money yeah like as like she gets joy from it like <laughs> like almost like she's a panhandler or something yeah i mean like she's she is kind of digging it she's like i got my whole life ahead of me i might as well make some money while i'm here like which you <laughs> know I'm you do you a poor little beggar girl <laughs> and it, it it is super bouncy like this one yeah real, this is another fun. just very old sounding english folk song yep because i love taking money off a snob like you like yeah that's great yes especially because she starts it off with like uh i'll play on the accordion my father gave to me for it's well worth it all to please such a gent as thee and it's like and then she i i get the feeling that like this is this is her playing to a person who's just like sitting there listening to her song, like, oh well, this is very pleasant. And then like the guy's just not throwing anything in. She's she's like, come on, man, I gotta like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, I got a dog to feed, jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, this song rules. Um, <laughs> very fun. What did she say? Call me a <laughs> call me a skyver. I'll call you the same. And I don't know if that's like a that sounds like a slur against the poor. Probably, or it could just be like a scoundrel, or yeah, yeah. Perhaps I don't know. Right. Uh, research is required. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't the linguistics podcast. We'll get that up in a couple weeks. Thin, soft leather made of grain, <laughs> made of the grain side of a split sheepskin. Uh, I believe that <laughs> sounds like it's slang for someone who's a rough child. Yes, or one that skives something as leather. Oh, so it's oh, like... Oh, okay, yeah, wait, like here we working... go. Scottish slang, lazy person. Oh. In particular, a person not pulling their weight. From okay. the verb to skive. All right, yes. So call call me, you know, a lazy bum, and I'll call you the same. <laughs> yeah, it's go. like, at least I'm making it work. I got a peg leg. What do you want? I mean, I could get that from context clues, but I just wanted to know. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> I'll dance with my peg leg a-wiggling at the knee. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Right, because at this point, it's just like an over-the-top caricature of, like, a waif who's still having yeah. a great time. So it's like, this can't even be sad at all. This is this is some Renfair shit. Right. <laughs> but, like, the first time that I heard it, I was like, oh my god, you're really gonna throw me from sad modern girl to, like, old-timey sad girl? Please, please. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, the end of the rainbow. Yeah, um, growing Another up sucks one. and world is a shit. Is the, yeah, that's the theme of that's this a song because you know it uh, turns out there's nothing at the end of the rainbow. Right, uh, there's nothing at the end of the rainbow, and there's nothing to grow up for anymore. Wow, um, I wow, Rich. Okay, <laughs> uh, let me let me walk you through this verse by verse real quick. Uh. I feel for you as you are a newborn infant. Your family is terrible. Yeah. Verse two. (laughs) (laughs) 
everybody is going to try to either steal or kill from you. Kill kill from you? Verse 3. Kill or steal from you is what you want. Verse 3. <laughs> okay. uh, everybody's sad, and you might as well just try and take advantage of people because they're going to do the same. Yeah. End of song. Very pessimistic song. Holy um, shit. It's a really kind of awesome song, like musically too, with yeah. this dark, dreary subject matter because it does fit it. And it's this like slow, melodic, very melodramatic thing. and Super dirgy. Yeah. It's like a dirge. I really like the like the opening line. I feel for you, you little horror. You know, it's like, he's like, yeah, it, life is going to suck. Have fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sucks, dude. Yeah, this it's one doesn't really even have song. the pick-me-up. Like, no. Rich like says there's, said. A, there's a pick-me-up in the third verse. There's no pick-me-up in this one. It's you, just like, it's like you maybe you could to kill. Me. You <laughs> lied to me. I mean, that could be. I mean, that's one way to look at it, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, as long as everybody's <laughs> trying to kill each other, maybe you could kill somebody. It's a doggy dog world. You think about that? It's, it's a like, doggy oh. dog world. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks, Rich. I'll I'll try and make it work. <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> wow. It's a it's a dark song. It's yeah. got really good melodies, good instruments. Good yes, it's still very stuff. good. It's just like my <laughs> I I trade in lyrics more often than not, so like I got nothing yeah. to give you here. <laughs> Not very optimistic, this song. <laughs> to put it optimistically. Right. But the final track is called The Great Valerio. It's a really cool one. It's about this performer, perhaps a stuntman, magician. Tightrope walker, circus person of some kind. Physical yeah. physical feats of acrobatics, I believe. Someone you could call The Great. The Great. Like on an old poster weathered on the side of a stone wall yes exactly that's what this song is and this song is fucking we said the word haunting before to describe linda thompson's vocals linda sings this song so haunting she's a ghost on this song she's a ghost. yeah yes exactly (laughs) um she is an apparition a spirit a figment of the astral plane and she is so beautifully projecting herself down into this very song and i kind of love it this song rules. It's really, <laughs> really cool. It is weightless. It's breezy and heavy at the same time. It's so... It, yeah. It's there. And she and does fantastic work building the atmosphere on this one. And it's this this vignette of this performer and how everyone loves and adores him. And, you know, how we would all love to be that great hero, you know, and... I don't know, there's some magic about it. This is, while being still very haunting and dark, the the poetry and the lyrics here is a little bit more uplifting. Because yeah. it's, it's got stuff like, you know, we falter at the sight, we stumble in the mire. But then it follows into, but we learn to watch together and feed on what we see above. So yeah. this guy exists in this supernatural state. Because, like... I don't know if you've seen, He's a beacon like, of hope. Right. I don't know if you've seen, like, circus performers or, like, really talented acrobats, but it looks like goddamned magic. Oh, yeah. It's straight up magic. Like, you don't <laughs> understand... You cannot comprehend what you are witnessing. So, they're yeah. using that as a, as a metaphor for basically anything that you can't quite comprehend. And the idea is that you can only start to work towards it and aspire to be something like that 
when you work together, when you learn from each other, when you work on things in as a team. And really, the coolest part of this song is that's kind of what this album is about. You've got yeah. a, a somewhat failed songwriter, not quite failed, but overlooked at the very least, and a yeah. session singer that are coming together to make this weird, cool, folk classic. I would, yeah, I would definitely love to hear what else these folks have made, because, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, fantastic closer, it has a lot of room to breathe on it, which is nice, because there's... The, the verses are a little bit more spaced out, and there's some instrumental that you let filter in to, to get that atmosphere building up and, and filling up the room. And uh, it's just, it's, it's really solid, and it, it's got that exhale at the very end that's, like, letting out all this energy that I look for in a lot of closers. Yeah, this is a really nice ender through all this turmoil and jolliness right because <laughs> you, you get the the more drinking songs and then it just slams you back down and like the last four tracks on this are down up down sideways and and mm. it, it gives you a little bit more of like a an even keel to end the album on like this is the kind of ender that i am always hoping for yeah you know? <laughs> yeah because it's 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 still very impressive this album doesn't peter out no, this is, I mean, this is one of the best tracks. Yes, I agree. And that's how you should end an album. Right. And it's strong. Notes. I think, like, the opener and the closer are, like, the most important things. And yeah. not so much anymore, but the opener of side B was very important, too. But yeah, that's not really a thing anymore, so I always overlook that. What was it on this album? It was, uh... I think it was either Down Where the Drunkards Roll or Wasting Hallelujah. Oh. It was We Sing Hallelujah. Yeah, there you so, go. So there you go. Yeah, that's a good side B opener. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Get that crumb horn in here first thing. Opener, <laughs> both tra- both sides. Open it up with the crumb horn. Boom. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> ten out of ten. Good. Very good. <laughs> Man. Yeah, this thing was really fun. Really sad. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things. If you like folk music at all, I have to recommend this to you. If you like Jethro Tull at all, or have heard it and enjoyed it, like, just give this a shot. This is on the folksier side of it. It, it was the thing that helped me really get my bearings on this album, so I I, I can make that connection for somebody else. And then... Uh, yeah. And then also go check out Faith by George Michael that we did in the first half of this episode. Again, sexual content warning on that one, because, like, <laughs> yep. wow. Um, but yeah. if you enjoy <laughs> 80s pop and synth pop and just really solid uh, instrumental tracks, at least, the vocals do fine, but they're a little bit charged. Yeah. Go check out that one, too. So next week, I'm pretty excited for that episode. It's going to be Radio by LL Cool J. And the score by the Fugees. Very exciting. So look forward to that. And if you want to hear that episode, or this episode, or any other episodes of Album Club 500, you can find us on opalnebula.com. And hey, if you like what you heard today, maybe head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash opalnebula. Throw us a couple bucks. We'll keep making this for you. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. And have a good old time. Uh, bye bye <laughs>